So it's a new year, and that means a new sermon series. So we're starting today uh, a series that we're entitling Connect. And I'm going to save the intro for the series for the intro to the sermon, if you'll allow me to do that. The scripture passage today is from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. If you'd like to read along in your own Bible, you can do that, or you can look at the screen. This is God's Word. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples And here's what he says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Jesus, we want uh, insight and understanding of what you are telling us in this passage. Uh, we, We need to understand this. Some of us have heard this passage numerous times. We've read it numerous times. We think we know what it means. We think we know what it says. And maybe we do, maybe we don't. And some of us have never heard this passage and we never considered it. Some of us are in between. Father, what we need more than anything is you and Christ by the Spirit. We need you to be at work in us. We need you to even hear and understand and be changed by your word. So will you work today. Holy Spirit, will you empower each one of us, whether we're believer or not, to hear the word, to rejoice in it, and to live it out, whether that is through changing our ways, through confessing our sin, through being different, for thinking different, whatever it is that we really need, you know. Will you meet us where we are by your Spirit, And in the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to do something I've never done in a starting of a sermon. Um, I have my phone with me. Now, I've always been afraid to have this with me because 
um, I'm afraid that one of you is going to text me or call me in the middle of the sermon. Um, but today, I've got it on uh, Do Not Disturb. So you can try, and if it goes through, I'm just going to throw it back here. <laughs> the reason I have this phone is because I, I want to use it as an illustration for something. If you think about it, this thing right here has connected us to the world around us in a way that no other generation has been connected. Technology like this allows us to be able to talk to and even see people around the globe. That was unheard of even 20 or 30 years ago. This technology allows us to go on social media sites and we can keep up with people that we haven't seen for years. Through text and email, we can send our thoughts to almost anyone in just a matter of seconds. Uh, in those ways, we are very connected by this thing. And yet at the same time, this thing <laughs> causes us to have significant disconnection. Have you noticed that? We all live, in our day, we live hectic, hurried, jam-packed lives, and our relationships tend to lean superficial. We may know more people because of this thing and social media and other things, but we tend to know less about the people we know. The technology that comes in this thing can easily distract us from interacting with others personally. We've all probably been to a restaurant and we've seen that couple that's out on a date and instead of talking to each other, they're looking at their phones. Maybe you've even been that couple. Studies have shown, and this is fascinating to me, that just the presence of this can be distracting. If you put it on a table in between you and another person and you're trying to connect with them, the studies have shown that there will be less engagement, you will be more easily distracted, and the conversation will be more superficial. Wow. Just, and that's not even with it going off. It's just the presence of it. They remove it. So I'll do that. And supposedly, things improved significantly just from the removal of a phone. I don't want anyone to hear me saying what I'm not saying. I'm not saying technology is evil, let's burn it all, all right? But I am saying that it presents challenges that we need to think through and understand if we're going to connect well with others. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this sermon series. That and this little thing called COVID-19 that has really affected so many people, we feel less connected to others than we ever have, according to many surveys. In fact, one that I read said that 61% of people feel lonely now, whereas maybe 10 years ago, it would have been a much smaller percentage of people. So this sermon series, I hope, will encourage us to connect, encourages us to connect in ways we need to connect with others and I want to encourage all of us 
to learn how to connect better. But today, there's a specific connection that I want us to talk about, the connection that really sets the foundation for all other connections. And today, I want to encourage you to connect with Jesus. That's what this sermon is really going to be about today. Connect with Jesus. You see, in John 15, verses 1 through 2, Jesus uses an analogy of a vine, like a grapevine. And he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, we could spend a lot of time just talking about those two verses But I'm going to have to just say that's the setup for what Jesus wants us to hear next. And I want to focus on what he tells us to do. Because with this analogy in place, in verse 4 and following, he focuses on a particular phrase that he repeats over and over again for us to do. And what is that? It's to connect with him, or the word that he uses, abide. Verse 4, notice how many times this comes up in these passages. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. A few days ago, um, when we were visiting with my mom and my sister up in North Carolina, um, my son Micah, told me that there are two phrases that me and Donna repeat with regularity. And he said those phrases were, not right now, and stop it. (laughs) Apparently we've used those phrases so much that there's a pattern that has developed. And he noticed that pattern, and and he basically was saying, you know, What is important to you is that the kids are patient in waiting, not right now, and we're really tired of your behavior right now. Stop it. Those are the two things that he has heard us say over and over again. There's a level of importance to them. Now, I have to admit, I wish that they were other phrases that he was saying That's the phrase I hear you saying, but that's what he said, and that's what we have to live with. That's the phrase that we're repeating, and that's the important phrases to us. But when Jesus is speaking to us, the level of importance of of what he's saying here in this passage, we see numerous times he says, abide in me. Connect with me we can safely conclude that Jesus is very serious about us abiding in him. Being connected to Jesus is vitally important. In fact, connecting to Jesus 
with Jesus is the most important connection. It's the most important connection. Why would I say that? Well, think about what he's saying in this passage. In verse 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Again, think about this. He's saying, here's a vine, here's a grapevine. What you want a grapevine to do is have grapes on it. No one wants a grapevine that doesn't have any grapes, right? It's kind of a nuisance at that point. You want it to produce fruit. And if it doesn't produce fruit, there's something wrong. And what he's saying is, you're like that. And if you're not producing fruit, it's probably because you're not abiding in me. That's how important it is. No connection with Jesus, no fruit. Verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I have said this phrase many, many times. I've, I've quoted this many, many times. But I don't think that we really believe it. I don't think that I really believe it. I know it intellectually, I know it theologically, I know it every time I read this passage, yes, Jesus, I need you, but the fact is that Monday through Saturday, every single one of us, including me, we probably get up and we don't think about Jesus to do the things we have to do that day. At least some days, because we think we've got it. But Jesus says, if you're not connected to him, if you're not abiding in him, not only do you not bear fruit, you can do nothing. And we can argue with Jesus and we can say, no, Jesus, I can do something. I can drive my car. I can, you know, make dinner. I can do this. I can do that. But we're not doing anything that's really bearing fruit for the glory of God. We're not really doing anything that really honors the God who created us, to honor him. That's what Jesus is getting at. And then in verse 6, Jesus says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, so that's a little heavy. Maybe even a little frightening if you are of a certain bent. Christians have interpreted this passage in many different ways. Some say that if you don't abide enough, then you lose your salvation and you're thrown into hell. There you go. Others, like myself, say that this passage is more about how a person can say that they're connected to Jesus. They can say that they're connected to Christ, maybe even look like they're connected to Christ, look like they're abiding, but in the end, they really aren't. And so they prove themselves to be fake disciples. 
people who are close to Jesus in some way, but not really connected to him. Like Judas. Judas was one of Jesus' disciples. He followed him for three years. He heard all the same things that Peter and James and John heard. He, he prayed with Jesus. He spent time with Jesus. He was even at the Last Supper with Jesus, and yet he was the one who betrayed Jesus for just a little bit of silver. But regardless of how we interpret this verse, we've got to admit that it certainly points to the fact that abiding in Christ, being connected to Christ, is vitally important, right? No matter how you interpret it, whether you're on the, the side of losing your salvation, which we as a church are not, or you're on the side of, no, it doesn't really make you lose your salvation, it just proves you weren't really saved in the first place, it still means that abiding in Jesus is important. Being with Jesus, connecting to Jesus is vitally important. So let me ask you, if we are saying that Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, our connection with Jesus, our abiding in Jesus is the most important connection, it's the most important relationship, what would you say is your most important relationship? What would you say is your most important connection? Would it be Jesus? Well, it's Sunday morning, so of course it is. But in, in reality, what would you say is your most important relationship, your most important connection? Is it your spouse? Uh, your parent? Your child? A friend? It's good for us to ask this question because we can so easily go astray. We can so easily convince ourselves that we're right in saying this relationship is the most important one when it really isn't what should be the most important one. You picking up what I'm laying down? I think it's just really easy for us to miss out on what's most important. Jesus claims our relationship to him is the most important relationship. It's most, more important than any other relationship. The question is, do we believe him? And if we do believe him, what are we going to do about that? How are we going to demonstrate that in our lives? While you're thinking about that, let me move on to another point from this passage that I think we need to understand. See, Connecting with Jesus is important. It's the most important connection, but it's also important because connecting with Jesus leads to God-defined success. God-defined success. Now, how many of you want to be successful in what you do? Nobody. Great. <laughs> Underachievers. Yeah, all of us do, right? Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, don't you want to be successful in following him? Don't you want to be successful in bearing fruit for him? Don't you want to be successful in whatever ministry Jesus calls you to? Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. And Jesus says, verse 5, I am the vine, 
You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. That's God-defined success right there. Not success as we define it. God-defined success. And the way that we grow in that God-defined success, the way we bear much fruit, is by abiding in Jesus and Jesus abiding in us. Verse 7, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's tempting at this point to give you all the reasons why we shouldn't expect Jesus to be true to his word, right? Oh, well, you know, you can abide in Jesus and his words can abide in you, but you might not get what you really ask for. What if, what if we actually took Jesus at his word and instead of focusing on what it is I'm asking for, we focused on, am I abiding in Jesus? And is, is his word abiding in me? See, when we're abiding in Jesus and Jesus' word is abiding in us, then we're not going to ask for stupid things. Okay? We're not going to ask for those things that are selfish and self-centered because Jesus' word is abiding in us and we're abiding in Jesus and we're going to be more focused on what Jesus wants in our lives. Again, do we really believe what Jesus is saying here? And in verse 8, Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Now this is to all the, those of you who claim that you follow Jesus. All right? Do you want to glorify God? I would think your answer would be yes. So you would... Abide in Jesus. That's how you glorify God because if you abide in Jesus, you will also bear much fruit. Do you want to bear much fruit as a Christian? Yes, you do. How do you do that? You abide in Jesus and you bear much fruit. Do you want to prove that you really are Jesus' disciple? Do you want full assurance that you really are a disciple of Christ, that you really are his, I bet you want that too. How do you do that? You abide in Jesus. And you will have that full assurance because you will prove to be his and he will prove that you are his. Isn't that great? And it's simply by this relationship with Jesus. As I was reading this passage, I was thinking about... Um, when I was a child, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, she actually had a grapevine. And I loved going there during the summer months and going to the grapevine and picking grapes off and eat, popping them in my mouth, just like that. I mean, just didn't wash them off or anything. Didn't, didn't, wasn't worried about dirt or germs or whatever back then. Just grabbing them and popping them in my mouth. It was wonderful. Those were delicious grapes. But there were times when I would go to the grapevine and I would find a branch that was broken, but it wasn't completely severed. You know, it was just kind of hanging there. 
there were never grapes on those broken branches. There were never grapes there because they weren't connected. They weren't connected to the vine. And if they fell off, they were even less connected to the vine. And they just were worthless, right? Nobody who follows Jesus wants to be worthless. None of us want to be fruitless. We want to really honor our God and serve Jesus well. And the way we do that is by our connection with him. If we really want to see success in our lives as followers of Christ, if we really want to see our church be successful in ministry, and I think we do, this is where we start. We don't actually start with a plan. Plans are good. We need plans, but we don't start there. We start with Jesus. We don't start with, okay, what can we do to make this happen? That's an important question too. And we need that. Do not hear me say that we don't need that, but we don't start with that. We start with Jesus because as the psalmist says, those who build the house labor in vain unless the Lord builds the house. Jesus is going to build his church with or without us. The real question is, are we going to be connected to him and abiding in him and let him use us in order to build his church? Or are we going to go, yeah, I can build a church on my own? And believe me, when I say it is our ego and our pride that makes us think, I've got this. I can plan this out. I can make this happen on my own. I don't need Jesus to build the church. Wow. Lord, forgive us when we think that way. And even if we don't think that arrogantly, Lord, forgive us for that sentiment that might be boiling around in our hearts and our minds. All right, so your action point for today is very simple and easy to understand because we've been talking about it the entire sermon. Connect with Jesus daily. Connect with Jesus Daily. Now, some of you are hearing what I'm saying and you're thinking, okay, Stuart's telling us to have a daily devotion. Got it. I do that. Great. I'm already there. That's not what I'm really telling you. And not that having a daily devotion isn't a good thing. It is a good thing. But that's not really what I'm telling you. You can have a daily devotion and not connect with Jesus. Been there, done that. Checked off the list of, I read my Bible, I said my little prayer, walked away, didn't think about Jesus the rest of the day. That's not abiding. That's not real connection. No, what I'm talking about, what I'm advocating, what I'm encouraging us to do is much more involved. It is much more radical than taking 15 minutes a day to do something religious and then go on with our day. No, I'm talking about the connection with Jesus 
where we abide in him, like the vine and the branches, like the, the branch that depends upon the vine every single moment in order to produce fruit. That's what I'm talking about. Not a quick check-in, not simply a short pause during our day, but abiding. J.C. Ryle, J.C., um, says this, to abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with Him. To be always leaning on Him, resting on Him, pouring out our hearts to Him, and using Him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion, and best friend. And then he goes on to say, to have his words abiding in us is to keep his sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds and to make them a guide for our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. If I had to summarize that lengthy paragraph to say say what abiding really is, it's just being dependent. Just being dependent on, er on Jesus for everything. That we don't think, I've got this. We think, Jesus has got this, and I'm abiding in Him. I'm trusting in Him. And He will make it work in my life. One way or the other, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm trusting Jesus in this moment. It's a lot harder than a 15-minute devotional, right? That's what Jesus is calling us to. One, one of the things, now, I, I'm a student of pop culture. I'm a student of um, various things that go on in our culture. And one of the things that I have noticed is this phrase, and I know that some of you are going to be a little bit upset with me just for bringing this up. But I love you. And I'm saying this because you need to hear it. It's a phrase that's innocent enough. I am enough. Have you heard that phrase being batted around in our culture? I am enough. What it's meant to do is about helping you with your self-esteem so that you're not afraid to engage with others. You're not afraid to engage in life. You're not afraid to do all the things that you really want to do. And you tell yourself, I am enough, and that helps you to be able to do whatever it is you have to do. We are enough when we are abiding in Christ, because Christ is enough. It's not as catchy as I am enough, is it? It's a little bit more lengthy, harder to say. But that's the real truth for the Christian. Now I realize that some of you may not be Christians. Some of you may not be followers of Christ. Some of you may think all this abiding in Christ stuff, it sounds weird. What do you mean I can't do anything? What if you were to take a moment and just say, what if all this stuff that that guy up there is saying is true? What if Jesus really is who he says he is? What if he really did die and rise from the dead? What if he really is Lord? 
What if he really does empower people to do his work? What if that's really true? And just take that and let it mull around in your mind. Maybe the Spirit is calling you today to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus really did die for sinners to cause them to be transformed from sinner to saint. Maybe he is calling you to believe and not think, I am enough, but to think, Jesus is enough. And when I'm in him, I can do all things through him, through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever he calls me to do, I can do it because of Jesus, not because of me. For the rest of you who are Christians, my encouragement to you is don't leave here going, okay, okay, yeah, I I need to connect with Jesus. I need to abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Don't just say it. Don't just think about it. Let's be a church that's known for the way we really do abide in Christ. And let's watch the fruit just pop up. It's not about us. It's about what he does in and through us. One of the most embarrassing things, well, maybe that's a little too strong. One embarrassing thing that has happened to me is back years ago when um, uh, I was at another church and we were having sound problems. Not that this church has ever known anything about sound problems, but you know, some churches have sound problems. And we called the professional in to check it out. And the professional comes in and he said, okay, so what's the problem? And I'm saying, this mic never works. And so, you know, he's looking at the mic, mic's fine. Like, I know that, I think it's the outlet over here. So he looks at the outlet and he says, it looks like the outlet's fine. And he goes around and he's looking at all these different things, trying to figure out why it's not working. And then he goes back to the sound room and he looks and he says, oh, look, it's not connected. It's not even on. You got to connect it and turn it on. And I was embarrassed because here I am with this guy who is an expert in fixing sound systems and the real problem was the sound guy didn't actually turn it on. He didn't actually make the connection. Let's not be like me or that sound guy that day. Let's make that connection with Jesus. And then the beautiful music, the fruit, will flow from who we are, not because of who we are, but because of Christ in us. So, folks, let's find our life, our joy, our strength, indeed our everything in Christ. Because he's the one that really makes the difference. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, these are words that we want to live by. We need you even to hear and respond correctly. Help me, work in me, that I will not wake up tomorrow morning and just go through my day 
without recognizing my dependence upon you, Jesus. And not just tomorrow, but every day. And and the same for these folks who are hearing this message, that they too would not just wake up in the morning and just go about their duties without really thinking that they need you. Lord, make that just going on in the back of our minds like uh, music in an elevator, just always there, this I am dependent upon Jesus for everything. And Lord, as we do that, we know that you will be faithful in your promise to produce fruit in us, fruit that will last, fruit that will be to the Father's glory, fruit that will prove that we really are yours. And we pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.